Hello, and welcome to Homegrown KC, a podcast dedicated to exploring Kansas City's fascinating history and sharing stories from a church past. I'm your host, Laura. Join me today as we explore a piece of Kansas City's history. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you for your patience. This mini-sode is two months overdue. However, I am very excited to present it to you today. Usually, I'm very, very good about getting the recording out the same day as the adventure, or at least no more than a week later. However, I just kept getting interrupted and delayed. So, back in about mid-October, my friend Ethan came to town for a visit. Used to live here, you know, and now he's living in Florida. He's finishing up his PhD. Good job. Um, and usually we visit the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art whenever he comes back for a visit. But this time, we went to the Kansas City Museum, and it was so good. Uh, it was cold and kind of gray that day, so we ended our trip with some pho at the Vietnam Cafe, the original, in Columbus Park. Y'all, it is so worth the hype. That was hands down the best pho I've had in Kansas City to date. The museum is open Thursday through Sunday, closed on Monday through Wednesday. It's open 10 to 5, except on Thursdays when it's actually open from 10 to 8. And it's located within Corinthian Hall, which is the former residence of the Long family. Now, I've mentioned the Long family before on at least one previous episode, I think maybe two. Mr. Long was a lumber baron in Kansas City in the early, I'm sorry, late 1800s. He was also involved with the railroads. Of course he was, because he was one of Kansas City's early millionaires. We're not going to get tongue-tied. Here we go. He was born in Kentucky in 1850. His wife, Ella, was born in 1875, and they had two daughters, Sally, born 1879, and Lula, born 1881. They moved to Independence, uh, Missouri. There is an Independence, Kansas. It's three hours away. Uh, Independence, Missouri in 1891, and Mr. Long arranged for the building of Corinthian Hall in 1917. His family, he and his family moved to London while it was being built, as you do, um, because his daughter Lula was already doing excellent in horse competitions, and so, um, while they were in London, she competed in the Olympian Horse Show, and if I remember correctly, she got like third place or something. The mansion was finally completed in 1911 with a total cost of 90000 sorry, $900,000, and then they moved in. It is done in the Beaux Arts style, which was uh, begun by Henry Ford Hoyt. Beaux Arts is an architectural style from Ecole des Beaux Arts in Paris from the 1830s to the 1890s. Um... Sorry, I think I said that wrong. So, Mr. Hoyt did not begin the Beaux Arts style. He was the American architect who did the specific house. There we go. I apologize for that. Um, so, Beaux Arts incorporates French neoclassicism with Renaissance and Baroque elements, and it used modern materials like iron and glass. Henry Ford Hoyt 
uh, was a well-known architect in Kansas City in the early 1900s. He first worked at Van Brunt and Ho Howe. Yeah, that's how you say that. Howe. Until Van Brunt retired, and then he became a managing partner, and the company became Howe, Hoyt, and Cutler. Uh, he was at Hoyt, Price, and Barnes when he designed Corinthian Hall. The 70-room mansion included a dining room, parlor, library, even a bowling alley in the basement. As you do. <laughs> um, and the property itself, currently three and a half acres, if I remember correctly. Um, and now I don't remember if it was only ever three and a half acres or if it was bigger. But at the time of its building, the property included a carriage house, greenhouse, uh, among several other buildings. Mrs. Long died in 1928, and then Mr. Long died in 1934, after which his daughters placed the house on the market. However, uh, being that it's Prime Depression era, after five years and still unable to sell the property, they donated to the newly formed Kansas City Museum. Um, they, the Kansas City Museum, had formed in 1939, so it's owned the property since its conception, um, which at this point is 84 years. It's a long time. Very long time. Um, in fact, that seems to be how, why they got the property. The girls couldn't sell, and so they're like, hey, New Kansas City Museum, there you go. The Long family was always very into philanthropy and supporting the city. So, the museum originally opened to the public in 1940. However, museum closed in 2000 and only reopened in October 2021 after 11 very long years of restoration. And the construction cost $22 million. Apparently, this was only stage one of the master plan. They are currently working on, quote, a Terrell Sky Space, which is a specifically proportioned chamber with an aperture in the ceiling open to the sky. Sky spaces are site-specific and can be autonomous structures or integrated into existing architecture. The aperture can be round, elliptical, or square. Viewers sit inside the chamber to observe the sky. A sequenced light program inside the sky space designed by Terrell interacts with the atmospheric light coming through the aperture in the ceiling to create a spectrum of colors and an immersive sensory experience, particularly robust at dawn and dusk. There are more than 85 sky spaces in the world. End quote. They're also working on restoring and renovating the conservatory, aka greenhouse, into, quote, a space to be used by the public for meditative reflection in addition to hosting a robust slate of programming that promotes gender equality, empowerment, health, and well-being, end quote. And finally, working on restoring and renovating the carriage house. The Kansas City Museum owns over 100,000 artifacts related to Kansas City history, and they range from absolutely everything from clothes to a disco ball to medical equipment, anything, everything in between. According to the website, they even own a whole-ass airplane. Uh, visit kansascitymuseum.org slash collections dash groups dash two forward slash for more information. So, level one is all about the family, and it contains items originally owned by them, like their china, clocks, parlor furniture, even a baby grand piano. Each room contains a photographic image of the room from the time when the Longs lived in it. 
And it's really good to see how they had it arranged, what was included in comparison to what they have today. Um, and then you can also see just how close, like nearly exact, they managed to restore the architecture, uh, interior architecture of the building to its original state. It's sublime. So Ethan and I both absolutely loved the library. I walked in and I was like, yes, this is home. Um, However, one thing made us very sad to see. All of these glorious, dark oak built-in shelves that surround the walls of the room are completely empty because Mr. Long's library was sold off after his death. Levels 2 and 3, the rooms are mainly organized chronologically, but there is a thematic element. So, for example, on 2, there is a room that's all about the Native American tribes who called this area home before Europeans started exploring and settling here. And then there's another section in another room that's all about jazz history in Kansas City. Loved that part, of course. I'll be honest, as amazing and beautiful as the first floor is, I think my favorite exhibits are actually to be found on the third floor. So they have a disco ball from El Torreon Ballroom, which was so cool, to be honest. Um, it was like spinning and there was a light shining on it. So it was sparkly, very pretty. But across from that, behind a curtain, they have a little exhibit that's all about what it's like to work in a museum and some of the things that we do to preserve materials. It's a little bit meta, but seriously, you, you never see anything like this. You never see exhibits about the behind the scene work of a museum. And I think that sharing this with the public is phenomenal. They can learn a bit about collections management and preservation and start to get an idea of how museums do some of what they do. And my hope, I'm sure it's the hope of the creators of this exhibit, is that it will then inspire the next generation of um, to become museum workers. The third room also has, um, sorry, third floor also has a room that's dedicated to medical history. All of medical history across all the decades. And that room is just packed with artifacts. It's sorted by um, the type of medicine. So there's like an exhibit case on ears, an exhibit case on eyes, uh, an exhibit case on maternity. Um, completely unexpected and very fascinating. They also have a room on modern Kansas City history from the 1970s all the way up to 2020. And we entered this space right after my friend had expressed a lament that such modern history is never taught in schools or found in museums. So we're like, ha, huh, there you go. Lastly, the basement contains a soda fountain, bathrooms. Okay, I know they've only been open for two years, but the bathrooms in this building, very nice. Very nice. A game room where guests can play a game of billiards, a.k.a. pool, or, you know, sit and enjoy a round of chess. It was a very relaxing space. Um, we also, we always play chess together, almost always. So I was like, you know what, we should play, but I'm starving. He's like, yeah, I do. So that's when we went to get lunch. The sunroom or morning, morning parlor is now a gift shop. It's on the first floor. Make sure you visit, and when you do, make sure you look up. The ceiling is all original stained glass, and it is decadent. The Kansas City Museum also owns, runs the Historic Garment District Museum, located at 801 Broadway Boulevard. 
Uh, it was founded and opened to the public in 2002 by Anne Brownfield and Harvey Fried. Yeah, Harvey Fried, that's how you say that. Uh, I have not been there yet, but it's been on my radar since I started the podcast and hope to get to visit soon. So the last thing that I want to share with y'all is something that I found on their website. The Kansas City Museum has been using something called restorative practice since 2019 and is working with the International Institute of Restorative Practices to incorporate this into every aspect of the museum. Quote, restorative practices is an emerging social science that studies how to build healthy, sustainable communities and how to address conflict and prevent wrongdoing by strengthening relationships between individuals as well as creating social connections within communities. Often used in social work and some innovative judicial systems in schools, restorative practices intentionally connects people it validates all perspectives, expressions, and experiences to repair trust and gain unity among individuals and communities who have been harmed. Restorative practices requires working with, not for, or to communities to create, co-create and negotiate truth, end quote. That sounds amazing. I would love to see every museum doing that. Well, that's all that I have for today, folks. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. If you live in Kansas City or come to visit, I hope you will visit the Kansas City Museum. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Yule, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy New Year's, and any other holiday you celebrate that I forgot, I apologize. I hope you all are safe and yeah, just have a good end of your year. I hope you will consider becoming a financial supporter of the show if you are not already. There are several ways you can do so. You can subscribe to patreon.com slash homegrownkc or redcircle.com slash homegrownkc. You can also give a one-time donation at redcircle.com slash homegrownkc or coffee, that's ko-fi.com slash homegrownkc. You can give as little or as much as you want, even as little as $1 a month. Once you sign up, create an account, and subscribe to the show on Patreon, then you'll be charged that day and then on the first of every following month. If you become a patron, you get three things. First, you get an item from the merchandise store valued at $5 or less. You get a shout-out on every episode and social media post. Thank you, Bjorn and Joan, for your continued support. And lastly, you get access to exclusive bonus content featuring other local historians, archivists, and museum curators. Everyone who simply donates will receive a shout-out on the next available episode, but you do not get anything from the merchandise store, and you do not get access to that bonus content. Additionally, you can... I'm sorry, if you do donate on coffee, 1% automatically goes to help fight climate change, which is something that I'm passionate about. And you can also send me stars on Facebook, which somehow through the magic that is the Facebook internet, uh, equals money. <laughs> if you cannot support me monetarily, totally cool, I understand. You can still support me by following, liking, subscribing all of my social media pages. That's Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and Tumblr. Also, my YouTube channel. Um, really, really going to work on building up my YouTube channel in 2024. Make sure you rate and review me wherever you listen, but especially on Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews are welcome. 
Thank you. You can visit my website for additional information on every topic. That's homegrownkc.wordpress.com. You can also sign up for my newsletter there. That's actually the only place where you can sign up for my newsletter. Once a month, you'll get an email that says, here's what's new, here's what's upcoming. Just a great way to stay up to date with the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or episode suggestions, you can email me at homegrownkc.podcast. Nope, did that wrong, sorry. Email me at homegrownkcpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on any of my social media networks. For merchandise, go to zazzle.com slash store slash homegrown underscore kc underscore store. That's www.zazzle.com slash store slash homegrown underscore kc underscore store. As always, thank you goes out to my very talented sister-in-law, Sarah McCombs, for the creation of my logo. To the Dear Misses for the use of their song Kansas City as the intro and outro music of every episode. To local libraries, which enabled me to gather all my research. And to you. Thanks for listening. Cheers. seem to shake this feeling and I can seem to get you off my mind